0: Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 182. welcome to unstoppable success radio i am your host kelly roach and i am thrilled to be here today with emily rose emily welcome to the show
1: Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me.
0: You got it. We're going to have some fun here today. So just so you guys know a little bit about Emily, she's a best-selling author and a breakup coach. That's right. Her deepest desire is to help people hone in on their passion, remove distractions from their mission, and grab life by the horns. As a breakup coach, Emily helps people who know they're here for a bigger purpose to stop distracting themselves with the drama of unconscious relationship habits and start living on purpose. You can learn more about Emily at emilyrosecoaching.com. So Emily, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. So happy to be here.
0: All right. So this is fascinating. First of all, tell me how you decided to kind of um, term coin yourself as a breakup coach and kind of where did this philosophy and idea for your business evolve from?
1: That's a great question. Well, um, I, my book is called Break Your Bad Love Habits. And I was branded as a relationship coach because I, you know, worked in the realm of relationships. But I was attracting people into my um, into my client base that were mostly interested in repairing their relationships when really uh, a lot of the time these relationships were just holding them back and they knew it and they were looking for um, strategies to stay in something that they really didn't want to stay in. And so and I wasn't feeling very comfortable, you know, helping people break up um, marriages and things like that. And so I realized that I needed to shift my brand to draw people in that either had recently gone through a breakup or were actually ready to make that move themselves so that they could then uh, focus on their lives and their um, their lives beyond kind of being bound to to these old relationship habits and patterns. So basically, um, you know, I work with people a lot of the time who, Have been, um, you know, that whole ball and chain thing, right? So it's like people who feel very grounded and uh, not in a good way (laughs) by their relationships, Uh, you know, the people who feel compelled to soar and to fly, but instead are really being held back or really holding themselves back. And, you know, frankly, breaking up isn't necessarily always the solution for that. Um, learning how to relate with your spouse or your loved one differently can be a solution as well. But um, a lot of the time, you know, radical shifts in lifestyles is, you know, sometimes really important. And and so I'm, I'm interested in working with people that are ready to make those radical shifts. And that is why I call myself a breakup
0: coach. (laughs) Very interesting. I love that. Okay, very cool. So um, I guess it it kind of um, is a microcosm of our entire lives, right? Especially as entrepreneurs. So it's like, usually the the number one thing that you're avoiding is the most important thing that you need to do to get to where you want to be. Is that kind of what what you've seen um, with these clients that you've been working with in this realm, Emily?
1: Absolutely. And it's not just about relationships. You know, I mean, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, then I'm helping them break up with the, you know, trivial, like minutiae of day-to-day tasks that keep them in a state of overwhelm or keep them distracted from making those really big moves that would help project their businesses further. It's like the 80-20 principle. It's like, you know, when, if, if 20% of the actions that you take produce 80% of the results. We want to figure out what those 20% of those actions are and go do those things rather than distract yourself with that 80% of that stuff. So it can really apply in, you know, any area of life and, and every area of life, like you're saying, Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I love that. So I, I am a huge believer in the 80, 20 rule and I really try to live by it. And I think that, you know, we as humans obviously are, um, very good at perfecting the art of distracting ourselves from um, the most important (laughs) things that we need to be doing. Doing. so for for everybody listening today Emily what are some things like walk us through kind of the exercise that people can do as we begin this episode today in terms of first of all like let's get clear on whether you're kind of BSing yourself and you know subconsciously you know distracting yourself spending your time in the wrong places because you're avoiding something like how do people start to even like unravel that and figure that out for themselves because I think we do a really good job of like packaging it and making it look pretty to seem like we're not doing that even though we are. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. And I think it's um, it's such a great question. And I just I love this topic. And my solution for that, um, something that I would encourage everyone to do is to you know, take it first of all, take a beat, take a minute, take a breath um, stop the mindless activity. You know, we think, um, identify the shoulds. This is something I talk about a lot is listening for when you think or say the word should, if you think that you should be doing something right now, that means that's not actually what you're compelled to be doing. It's an obligatory thing. And it's something that your mind is telling you that you need to do. And so being cautious of being aware, looking out for the word should can actually help you realign with what it really is that, you are being called to do. So if you're looking for a should, um, I like to reframe the should as a word that means not yet. So when you are going to do something that you feel like you should do, but that you don't really want to do, take a minute and find out what it is you really want to do. I believe that, um, our, our paths are, um, our, easily able to be seen when we tune into our intuition. And when we find when we find that feeling of passion and inspiration, you know, we come back to our why. So that That fire that we have for what we're doing is it's a desire based fire. (laughs) So when we can feel that want and go in that direction, that is how we can kind of get back on path and stay on path. But when we have when we're filled with these shoulds, like these obligations, these external expectations of what we think we need to be doing, we're actually kind of derailing ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's so, so perfect. I, I love that. Okay, sorry, keep going.
1: Yeah, awesome. I'm so glad. So um, so I think of redefining the word should as not yet, because what happens is we, like, let's say we feel like we need to sit down and go through our, you know, 100 emails or something like that, that we've been avoiding, right? And we've got this really heavy should around it because, oh my gosh, we've got to get back to these people. There's like, we really should be doing that with our time. But what we really want to be doing is maybe, I like to use the example of taking a bubble bath okay <laughs> like maybe you want to take a bubble bath and like relax or maybe you want to do some yoga or you know just or take a nap or something like that 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 is actually not seen as productive. okay so what that means is if you give yourself the space to go and take a beat and take a minute, you're actually creating space. In your in your energetic field for whatever it, it is that you've been so um, kind of gung ho trying to go grab. Um that you've been chasing to actually come to you by slowing down. We create the space. We open the space up for the universe to like provide for us what we've been trying to go get. When we're constantly chasing something, we're actually kind of chasing it into a corner, backing it into a corner. And it's really hard to go get. We're pushing against the flow. We're putting in all this work when really all we need to do is use effort instead of work to actually relax into the flow take a break and then what felt like a should before we actually cultivate the energy for in that space of relaxation and and then the should transforms into something we get to, we get to go do instead. So I think of the word as should as not yet, which means it will be something that we feel inspired and compelled to do at some point when we're actually at the motivation for it again. But if we don't give ourselves the time to actually take a break, then we go into places of overwhelm and exhaustion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's so much there. I I, I love that, Emily. And I, I think this is a really important discussion to have because I, I remember one conversation I had with my dad when I was really, really young. I'll never forget it. And he said, Kelly, he said, don't, paint every single space on the canvas. He said if you don't allow for there to be any white space, you're not making room for what could possibly be in your life. And I was like, what in the hell is this guy talking about? I'm like, I just want to go out with my friends, right? Like, I didn't even know Mm -hmm. I couldn't consciously even like, I wasn't mature enough to really understand it at that point but now, as an adult I think of that conversation all the time and I, and Uh it's so interesting interesting and so powerful you know you mentioned something about intuition and I want to come back to that for a couple minutes and really spend a couple minutes there with the listeners you know I think that for whatever reason we've kind of been put into this maze of of productivity and I talk about this a lot where it's like exactly what you said people are fearful of doing like what they want to do or what they really should be doing to enjoy life and be happy because it doesn't feel productive you know and and really at the end of the day you're going to look back and say like what did I do with my life like where did I use my time I didn't do any of the things I wanted to do I was living some program instead of like actually designing and living and being what I actually wanted to be right
1: Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much. Um, and, and this is, you know, does go back to the intuition. There's so much like formula around what we're supposed to do as entrepreneurs, what we're you know, how we're supposed to structure our time, how productive we're supposed to be in a day. You know, I mean, if we're not working a 12 to 14 hour workday, like that probably wasn't a very good day for us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and it's just not true. That's just not the way that's not sustainable. That's and not. it's it's not effective. Yeah. Um yeah. I, lo- I love, what your dad said, by the way, those, those blank spaces, because, um, because that's really, that's really what it is. You know, in, in the last, in my first two years of business, you know, I definitely personally, like I'm teaching this now because I went through this. Right. So, um, in my first few years, you know, I, I was, you know, balls to the wall, like, you know, hardcore and just going all the time. And, and I did hit a place of overwhelm and exhaustion. And I went into a depression after that because it was like, okay, you know, it just, I was burnout. I burned yeah. out and, yeah. and that happens. And, um, and so over the last few years, as I've you know gotten into my business again and like practice and everything, it I've I've turned it, I've transformed it into something that is absolutely sustainable and highly enjoyable. So it's prioritizing, I believe it's prioritizing truly what you want to do with your time, which kind of goes counter to certain things like Stephen Pressfield's do the work philosophies and mentalities, right? It's like show up anyway, even if you don't want to. And like, I get the value of a regular practice and when practice can become a habit, that's really beautiful. But at the same time there, I think that that works for a very large percentage of the population that is, that is okay with, um, I guess external obligations to a certain extent with um, external expectations. So, um, with following, you know, a day to day, I kind of like to think of it as like marathon runners versus sprinters. People who are good, like doing the whole every day, doing, you know, waking up at a certain hour and doing the routine and the routine is stable for them and it works for them. Like, that's amazing. I think of that person as kind of like a marathon runner. But I think of myself and a lot of other people as um, that I work with as sprinters, where it's like we can establish a routine for a certain amount of time and we can go by that routine and it works but then at at some point something shifts and all of a sudden that becomes no longer inspiring and it feels instead like a drag and you don't actually want to get up and do these things and you you know and it becomes this obligatory thing and it has this heavy gross energy to it and at that point you know the philosophies, kind of like Stephen Pressfield's, do the work, and, and other and lots of other business philosophies out there say keep going anyway. And I believe that's a little spirit crushing, and it actually like stifles creativity and productivity, and um, and creativity in the larger sense of manifestation. So I think at that point it's time to stop, take a breath, and figure out what it really is you want to do, and let your desire drive you forward. Let your desire tell you where to go next, what new schedule to create, what new thing you want to do. And maybe your new schedule is no schedule for a little bit, maybe going, you know, just on an hour to hour, like, what is it that I feel like I really want to be doing with my time? You know, will this make me happy at this moment? You know, if I, if I were to, God forbid, die in the next, you know, few hours or few days, am I happy with what I'm doing with my moment right now? You know, and just tuning into that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. No, I love that. And I think somehow, um, the energy of the world and the pace of business today has a way of almost like detaching us from our own selves like we're totally detached from our emotions many times and that's I wanted to circle back to the intuition because I I forget I, I was talking about this with somebody the other day and I was saying you know we were put on the planet and we were given intuition but almost never do we utilize it anymore like we had to back in the days of like survival and we used those instincts you know for survival and now it's like we're totally not in tune with you know this major part of who we are and i i know you do like guided meditations and you're very you know focused on on kind of staying attached to your emotions in that realm can you give any tips for the listeners emily just in terms of like getting tuned back into intuition, letting intuition guide you and, and using that in, in manifestation, using that in, in letting desire lead you versus kind of that forced regimen.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, you know, I think, I mean, the, 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 main way to, to be able to tune into your intuition is to get out of your head and into your heart or really into your gut. Um, but, you know, gut heart, both kind of, you know, either way, (laughs) if you get either of those places out of your head, then you're Mm -hmm. good to go, you know, but we're stuck in our heads that it's hard for us to hear anything other than our thoughts. And so, you know, practices around, um, around moving from the mind space into the body space really, uh, you know, is going to help anybody tune into their intuition. And I can give one little exercise that I think anybody can do, um, that's, uh, different. <laughs> um, but that's really that you can incorporate in, in your day to day. So, um, <laughs> I, I, came up with this in Costa Rica, actually, uh, I was in Costa Rica many years ago for like a three month period of time. It was great. And, um, and, what you can do is like when you're in a restaurant and you've got a menu in front of you and, and this is what happened to me in Costa Rica. <laughs> um, I had this menu in front of me and, uh, you know, my eyes immediately went to the things that I wanted. Right. It was like, Oh my God, what do I, what, do, what is, do, what does my mind want? What do what looks best for me here? You know? And I'm just like, Oh, yummy. This looks really yummy. Um, and then all of a sudden I was hit with my body's wants. all of a sudden it was like, Oh my gosh, but my body, body wants this other thing. So like, maybe my mind looked at, you know, some, you know, big delicious, like, you know, chicken sandwichy kind of thing or something like that. But then my body hit and all of a sudden it wanted, you know, like this avocado salad. And I, and it was like, that's not where my eyes would have gone. That's not where my mind would have gone. I, my mind was, uh, and maybe that's opposite of most people. Maybe people are going to go for the salad first and their body wants something fattier. I don't know. But like, um, but the idea is to look at a menu. And anybody can do this anytime you're out is look at a menu and see where your eyes go first. See what is most attractive to your mind by seeing where your eyes go first. Um, You know, maybe it's the mac and cheese, you know, maybe it's the steak. Where do your eyes go first? And then stop, close your eyes and tune into what your body wants to eat. Feel what your body is craving. And that's a way to move from your mind to your body because, you know, I mean and, – and I actually do have the opposite effect sometimes um, where where my body wants, you know, protein or fat or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so it, it's just it's – a, it's a moment-to-moment thing. It's a day-to-day thing, you know, and it's a way to tune in, get out of your mind and into your body with things. And it's very small. It's a small way of doing it. But it's, it's such a great kind of like I think introductory mindful practice around um, – around that transition. It doesn't necessarily need to have to have, have anything to do with, I mean, obviously it does have to do with giving your body what it needs. So like health and diet and things like that, but that's not really the goal of this practice. The goal of this practice is actually to learn how to like like I said before, take a beat. You know, we're so quick to decide. We're so quick to think we know what we need or what we want. But actually, if we take a moment, take a breath and tune in on a deeper level, we can start to uh, differentiate between our thoughts and our actual, you know, the present desires of our, our physical body and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, it's so important. And I I just, I, and I think that it's great that you could come on this show today because obviously, you know, we have entrepreneurs of all kinds that come on and, you know, I I try to bring mindfulness and I try to bring, um, you know, people on that can really show people how they can bring together achieving a high level of success, but without destroying you know, their kind of um, self-care rituals and an ability to like live life at the same time. And I think that you're just a a glowing example of that, Emily. So I really appreciate everything Mm. you're sharing here today. Mm, Thank you, Kelly. So I know that you bring meditation into your work and I know you have like meditations that you kind of utilize in your work and and share with people. Like, tell me how that's impacted and influenced you and maybe how you use that work with your clients.
1: (sighs) Um, yeah, you know, that's so funny that you say that because it's true. Like, you know, there's meditations all over my website. And for a long time, that was something that was really effective for me. Um, and it also was something that fell by the wayside and became obligatory and not effective for me. And so it's like, I think that in my own practice and in what I help encourage people to do is to tune into what works when it works. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I actually, so I, I do have a lot of guided meditations that I, you know, deliver through my website and with my clients. Um, but then I also, uh, I love meditations on YouTube. There's a bunch on there that are super, super fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like I'm particularly fond of the visualization guided meditations where it, you know, it takes you into conscious like creation and things like that. It's so fun. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I absolutely love that. Um, but I'm not, you know, I guess, I'm not necessarily going to, um, I'm not a meditation coach. So I'm, I actually, I believe that meditation is super important and it's, and it's lovely and it's, and it's, um, very powerful and effective. And I don't just believe that I know, you know, there's studies around that, you know, there's science behind it, all of this stuff. Right. But at, on the same note, I, I think that again, you know, anybody that starts to feel an obligatory feeling with things like that, um, it's going to not necessarily have them best impact or the most you know positive effect that it could have if it was just your choice or your desire. So I'm not going to, you know, you know, demand necessarily that anybody do these kinds of things unless they feel compelled to. And if they do feel compelled to, that's great. But what I do do with my clients is, um, I bring, I guess, you know, meditation in sort of an awakening way, right? Like a waking daily, like meditation. So, um, so one thing I have them do is, um, I have people program affirmations in their, in their devices to pop up throughout the day where they can then become present for a moment to that affirmation in that moment. I have them tune into their sensory experiences, um, throughout the day. So, uh, you know, you're just kind of like, you know, going on with your day and all of a sudden you get this like alert on your phone and it tells you to, um, uh, to like maybe, feel the clothes on your skin or like smell, you know, what you're smelling or taste your mouth or what are your, what colors are your eyes seeing? So when we do that, when we tune into our, what our physical senses are experiencing, we are presenting ourselves to this very moment. And that is a meditation in my opinion. So Mm Um, yeah so that's the kind of meditation workout I would yeah, say yeah
0: yeah no that's great it's so interesting what you said about you know it working and not working and kind of going flowing in and out of periods of that because i find that with myself as well like i go through phases of you know different practices like it, you know whether it's you know a certain type of meditation or vision boards or affirmations or certain reading mm-hmm. whatever where i'm like super super inspired by it. it's working for me it's driving me all of that and then sometimes i need to like break from it and I'll take a break for like six months sometimes.
1: Yeah, totally. I'm in the same way. And I think that the, I think one of the most potent things behind this practice is learning how to let go of the guilt of not being productive or not doing the things that you think you quote unquote should be doing, right? Right. There's the should, but learning how that should means not yet is it, it it gives yourself, it helps. I think it helps give permission to not do it yet. Knowing that that it may come back again as a a thing that feels right but in the meantime that means something else feels right and the more that we can learn to go with what feels right for us the more we really are living you know on purpose and on path yeah so it's it's funny that um that we hold on to so much guilt around you know around these shit yeah. I know, it's totally crazy. But, you know, the thing is, I think I was just, I did actually do it. I was in a yoga class last night and it was I was like in Shavasana and I was just laying there and I just got this huge smile on my face. And I'm just like, gosh darn it, things can be easy. We don't let things be easy very yeah, often. We
0: don't. But if-
1: Need to be difficult. Like, you know, I mean, if we're just dropping into what feels right, um, you know, taking our time when we need to take our time, going balls to the ball when we want to go balls to the wall, you know, just going with whatever it is we feel compelled to do, ebbing and flowing with our ebb and flow, it can be easy. It can be fun. It can be everything we've wanted it to be. But yet <laughs> we try to stay, uh, you know, to this other standard that's outside of ourselves. And that is where it does come back to intuition is figuring out what you feel called to do, what feels right for you yeah. and bringing that to your business.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Um, so, Emily, before we wrap up today, uh, talk to me a little bit about who your perfect client is, just in case there's anyone listening that may be a good fit to to do some work with you and, and kind of um, what that typically looks like.
1: Well, basically, um, I mean, I personally love working with entrepreneur, entrepreneurs around um, around, you know, this work around the work of um, I consider my practice really like life, business and relationships. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not so much, you know, business coaching around business, but it's working with biz- with entrepreneurs and business folks, you know, with around I don't know how to love their lives. You know, I mean, for me, that's um, I I really that's my biggest passion is helping people love their time on Earth. So I guess for the listeners, if there's anyone out there who does feel like they're not absolutely loving their time in their business or in life or in relationships, that's who I want to work with, because, you know, we get to be here once in this body and and we don't know. When our expiry date is, mm-hmm. we don't get heads up on that. And so it is so important for us to make sure that our moments are amazing. And, and even even the down moments, I mean, we will all, you know, we go up, we go down, we go all around, and that's okay. Um If we are living on purpose, we know that the down moments are serving a purpose as well. So um, but when we're down and stuck or when we are, you know, in a period of just really like not liking what we're doing, we can't let go of the guilt. We can't figure out how to how to get back on track. Um, You know, maybe the overwhelm hit a wall, you know, burnout, all these kinds of things. I love working with people like that to kind of recalibrate. Um, what they're doing and how they're approaching their lives to tune into themselves and, and what they want to achieve in this world where they're going with things and help get them back on track. Um, I also love working with people who are on track that really want to like go to the next level with what they're doing. So, um, up leveling, you know, um, themselves, you know, financially in business and also up leveling their relationships in life, friend circles, romantic relationships, taking th- taking themselves and, um, really launching themselves forward in, in the direction direction of their dreams that's something that I really enjoy doing. Awesome. So, yeah.
0: Perfect. And where is the best place for people to connect with you and and get in touch if they want to learn more?
1: Um, it'd be emilyrosecoaching.com.
0: Excellent. All right. So, Emily, thank you so much for all of the awesome wisdom and advice and tips that you shared on the show today. Are there any, you know, kind of final words that you just want to leave our audience with to think about as we wrap up the show today?
1: I got a practice from Jack Canfield success principles book at one point. And, um, and it's practice that I absolutely love that I, that I practice and that I would invite your listeners to go and try out. And, um, because I was just going to say, you know, you asked what message I want to give them. And I was going to tell them how awesome they are. Um, but I actually would like to invite uh, your listeners to do that. So, um, for listeners out there, what you could do I would invite you to do is to go to the mirror and look yourself in the eyes and tell yourself you love yourself. So, um, you would stand there and I I would stand there and I would say, you know, I love you, Emily. (laughs) And, you know, I love you, Emily Rose. (laughs) I love you. And I would just kind of say it to myself until you really feel it because it's, it's a really powerful practice and you can say it any way you want, where you address yourself by name or just, you know, um, or just saying, you know, I love me, things like that. But, um, and you know, you might feel kind of goofy doing it the first few times, but, but it is an incredibly powerful practice because frankly, if you can't love yourself, you know, <laughs> what else, like where are the relationships in your life coming from, you know, you got to get that piece down first. So going into the mirror, cause I can tell you how awesome you are as you, anybody who's listening to this show right now, I can be like, yeah, you are amazing to even just show up and listen to this show. But I'd rather you say that to yourself. Cause that's going to have a bigger impact. Right.
0: <laughs> Right. Exactly. All right. Awesome. That's a final note. Thank you so much for everything you shared today, Emily. And for the listeners of the show, if you're not already a part of the private email community at Kelly Roach Coaching, I want you to text in the word IGNITE to 44222 so that you can get access to all the trainings, audios, and videos we only share there. Thank you to Emily. Thanks to all the listeners today. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much.